0: Friends, welcome to the Ransom Tower podcast here in a unique moment, just out of Christmas proper, but not out of Christmas tide, I'd like to point out. (laughs) Well said, John. Thanks. And, (laughs) you know, hovering on the edge of the new year, depending on when you pick this podcast up this week, it may be the new year. So I guess we need to say Happy New Year. Right. To our listeners. Uh And want to be kind to your souls this week and offer kind of two parts. Want to think about coming out of the holidays and then think about going into the new year. But not cram that into one thing mm-hmm. because I think that's the, that's the brutal part of the world that, um, okay, that's done. Now, get going. Yes. It's the new year, new year, new you. What do you got? What are your re- resolutions? What do you got? What's your plans? Right,
1: you're refreshed. You had a holiday. Everything's great. Let's, yeah, let's go. Focus. Right.
0: So that feels unkind. Mm. So coming out of Christmas with all the highs and lows of that, and um, I hope some beauty, no doubt some disappointment, um, just to kind of go, hang on, hang on. Before we mm-hmm. rush into the new year, how's your soul? Mm-hmm. How's your heart? How's your life? How have you had a chance to process Christmas at all? And Morgan, you knew we were coming into this podcast. What what loving counsel would you give friends coming out of the holidays before they jump mm-hmm. into the new year? Mm-hmm. Like what What do they need
1: to think about? Yeah, John, before making that transition um, into the new year, I think as I look back over the years in this kind of repeated liturgy Mm -hmm. of time, I would say that the beautiful trend for me is there's been less and less pressure, self-imposed pressure, Mm. and therefore disappointment of unmet expectations. Less disappointment? Less disappointment. In because other of words, less I, pressure. Exactly. Where historically, you know, I'd go in kind of superhero mentality as husband and as father, as friend, and even if I came through in most instances, you you end up feeling this kind of unnamed sense of um Failure in a sense of I didn't I, I yes. didn't meet all the expectations oh what I could have done what I should have done for my kids and you know it's just um, it just doesn't produce the fruit I remember one mentor in this you know he said I, I used to be hard on myself and over the decades what I've learned is one it's simply not that fruitful. And secondly, I just don't have the energy to waste on being hard on myself. <laughs> and so I think in some ways, John, as, as I reflect on it, I'm really hopeful and I'm grateful that like your counsel you brought up in a podcast in the, in the past is uh, blessing the partial, blessing yes. the partial. And so as I look back, I go, yes. I have to ask God, God, what was the partial that you brought? What was the piece of goodness? Help me hear from you on what you accomplished with my participation in the holidays. And so, yes, of course, there's always undone, and there's always loss or misses or what could have or should have, but I'm learning to cultivate the practice of asking, Mm. Father, what do you want to say about that? Yeah. What did we learn together? What did you do? What do we celebrate? And then from that place, letting go, right? Then it's releasing of, okay, Mm. I give everyone and everything to you as you've counseled us. And and I don't mean that inspirationally. Like, it's an actual spiritual activity that shifts the heavens, right? And it's just a releasing to not carry it.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Um, Friends, I, I want to encourage that kind of reflection in your week because everything around you has probably already switched gears. I'm thinking of people. So our tree died this year. Oh. Our, it just died.
1: It was so beautiful. To, it, Come on. It
0: died. And, and it, you know, it was, an, it was a cut down in the forest tree. And I don't know if I just missed some water cycles or something. I thought I watered it. But it died so badly that this year we had to get it out of the house after Christmas. But as a rule, I don't recommend that. Like, don't, don't just... Take down all the decorations, and that's that, and we're moving on. You know, the the Feast of Epiphany is January sixth, and that is a significant part of Christmas tide—the arrival of the Magi uh, to Christ and his parents—and you know. So, in the in a kingdom sense, not over, folks. Yep. The world wants you to shift, but I want to read something out of. Um, I think some of you know I have a new book coming out in February called Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a World Gone Mad. I want to read something to you out of the chapter on transitions. I think it was Archibald Hart who pointed out that because we are so accustomed to moving pedal to the metal in our own world, the thing we overlook in the Gospels are all of the in-between times when Christ and his followers were walking from one town to another. When the record states, quote, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, John 1, we project our own pace upon it, not realizing it took the boys three days by foot to get there. Three days! Just strolling along, talking, or sharing the silent beauty— the pauses for lunch or a drink from a well, the campfires in the evening. Even as I write this, it sounds luxurious. Christ does not move immediately from one dramatic story to another. There was downtime, transition time between those demands, time to process what had happened. These are the moments, by the way. You see the disciples asking questions. What did you mean by time to catch their breath before the next encounter. That was the pace Jesus felt was reasonable for people engaged in important things and wanting a life with God. Time we would categorize almost as vacation time. For those are the only periods we allow ourselves a stroll, a lingering lunch, a campfire conversation, we highly progressive moderns try to keep up without any of those intervals and transitions. The things that we require of ourselves. We go from a tender conversation with our eight-year-old, anxious about going to school, to an angry phone call with our insurance company as we drive to work, followed by a quick chat with our sister needing a decision about our aging parents' memory care unit. Then it's straight into a series of business meetings, during which we multitask by trying to bang out some email, Firing an employee, interviewing another, making dinner reservations for our spouse's birthday, fitting in a conversation with our boss because we can't say no, and showing up late and haggard for the dinner. And we wonder why we have a hard time finding God, receiving more of Him, feeling like we're overflowing with life. We are forcing our souls through multiple gear changes each day, each hour. And after years of this, we wonder why we aren't even sure what to say when a friend genuinely inquires, how are you? We don't really know. We aren't sure what we feel anymore. We live at one speed, go. All the subtleties of human experience have been forced into one state of being, mercy. No soul
1: was meant to live like this. Oh, it's true. It's convicting, John, as I listen.
0: Your body language is relaxed.
1: Oh, part of me goes, were that it were so. (laughs) Right? Like, because here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking as you're reading that. Retail is just devious in its... Ability to churn the next thing, yes. right? Uh, retail culture, you, you inevitably find yourself going in stores, and we go in stores less and less. But, like, January, it's flooded with the containers, right? Organize your crap. Yes. And now that you have so much more crap, yes. get a hold on it, yes. organize it, right. Right? right? Or get on and a diet for the all the diet overeating, plans, right? The gym memberships. All, so oh, the yeah. culture we're mm-hmm. in is almost demanding. And when I say almost demanding, it's like, we have agency. We can do something about that. And, and so I'm, I'm listening, yeah, and I have different reactions, but I guess this is the question, John, as I hear that. like, So what are some examples? What would you say are some practical examples of transitions, as you've just beautifully described, related to this season uh, to protect the treasures and not give way to simply that madness?
0: Let's put it in the context of what are you doing to care for your soul this week in the week between Christmas and New Year's? Are you just blasting again? Mm. Are are you just back at it? Is it over and done and now Mm. let's go? Because that wouldn't be a good choice. So what are you doing? Uh, And then we can get really fun and playful with this. Keep listening to Christmas carols. Mm. Christmas carols are phenomenal. The theology in songs like God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen is right on. Mm. And really great reminders. And So, like, keep the decorations up. Keep listening to Christmas carols. Now is the time to actually enjoy some reflection on. That is an amazing thing that God became human. What? Like, Mm. wow, what a plan, Lord. And, you know. Yeah. So reflection, yep. pace would be another. Really? Do you really need to pack the house up? Now, some of you may have to, or you're traveling back home now, and I get that. But really, what are you asking of yourself this week, right? Yep. And then where we began, you know, the podcast today was, so how was Christmas? Have you asked yourself? What was it like? What was good? What was hard? Mm-hmm. Did, because The idea of walking from one town to another, right? We just think it's boom, boom, boom. Jesus kicks out this demon. Jesus heals this person. Jesus gives that message. You go, no, actually, there were seven days in between those two events. Yes. There were two weeks in between those two events. I mean, it's just, what? All this time to reflect on the story. Yes. And so
1: are you reflecting
0: on your story?
1: It's so good, John, because the scriptures were written at a time, we have to remember, that assumed a soul's pace. Yeah. It was a walking culture. It was a non-technology-centered culture, and we just skip over that. But you're right. I think, as you say that, I, I think of some really practical things for us, and I have to think like bite-sized. What's, what's accessible? Mm-hmm. And simple thing that started this year, we've never done before, but Sherry has had us Singing one Christmas carol before we eat dinner when we sit around. Oh, I love now, that. Now, please understand, it's not like magical family dinner. You, you know, the kids were studying for finals, and one kid's not there because she has basketball practice, right? But when we are able to, it's just one song, Yeah, just one time. We've got a fantastic Christmas book called The Indescribable Gift. I've been reading it for 20 years, mm. and each chapter features a different person— in the narrative of Mm -hmm. Christmas, and it makes the scriptures come alive. So these stories have become so familiar, they become innocuous, it's a way of returning to the treasure Mm -hmm. that is the invasion of the kingdom. And we found times to sit and just read several pages. You know, this morning I was on a date with Abigail, and we're at Einstein's, and we just had time to read three pages of a story and it was just like smelling salts to get us back and so i've learned and i'm learning that it's it's in the bite size to capture the transitions to sink in to settle in and savor if only for moments because they add up
0: allow for transitions i i you sat in a coffee shop with your daughter and read a book <laughs> like okay two reactions to that First is, I can't remember the last time I sat in a coffee shop and read a book for pleasure. Mm. And then, like, how unrealistic that sounds. Yes. When you go, no, that's actually just a soulful life. That That is a reasonable way to live. Yeah. What we assume to be normal life is an unreasonable way to live. Yes, And so, you know, coming into Christmas, we... We did a couple lighter podcasts, shorter podcasts, to just recognize. We know you're busy. Mm-hmm. We know it's crazy. You, you don't need a long, in-depth Bible study into you know who was Quirinius and why was there a certain, you know <laughs> census being called. You don't. You, you don't need that. I would like to hear about that at some point, though. June, I'll tell you about it in June. <laughs> So the idea is kindness here. We're in a transition moment between Christmas and New Year's and the kicking off of the New Year and all the expectations around that. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Now, having said that, we also want to give you a piece of counsel that we give our listeners every year at this time of year, and it is the idea of before the New Year is too far upon you before the momentum has seized everything, consecrate your year to Jesus. consecrate as we, you know one of the one of the transitional things Stace and I'll do and we did it when we had children in the house, we don't anymore, but we'll do it together. It's really rich is we will look at the calendar and think about the year and go, oh my gosh, this was the year. Whoa. This is the year that we got the puppy, or what you know, mm-hmm. this was the year that that you survived that automobile accident. Oh my gosh. This was the year Stacy had a hip replacement. And oh my goodness, thank you, God. And reflect on your year mm-hmm. and then consecrate your new year. And, and for me, even one of those transition pieces was I'm ready to rip down the one-year wall mm-hmm. calendar that we keep inside a door. So we can get a quick look at, wait, when's your mom coming? And, you know, big things. I'm ready to just rip it down. Mm-hmm. But instead what I need to do is pause, yes. look at 2019, reflect on it, and then replace it with the 2020 calendar. Yes. Now, having said that, the first thing we do when the 2020 calendar goes up that we've made a practice over the years and we highly recommend to you folks is consecrate your year to Jesus. Dedicate it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like literally, Jesus, we consecrate 2020 in our household and in our domain to you. And then get real specific. Like we consecrate our days. We consecrate our weekends. We consecrate our family's pace. We consecrate whether we take vacation this year. And when that happens, we let you be Lord of our calendar. And we'll invite that. Jesus, please Mm -hmm. come and be Lord of our calendar.
1: Yeah, and I think it's helpful to say we do it corporately and personally. So like you're kind of giving visibility on a family level, but we do it corporately as Ransom Heart Team, right? At some point, and sometimes it happens a little later because there's things going on and schedules, but whatever else we do, we make it a point to consecrate. We consecrate as families. And then personally, right, that is such a, an important piece and something that grows in value for me with every passing year is my own intimate walk with God to reflect on the year. Jesus, what do you want to say about this past year? What Shine your light. Give me visibility to what I need to hold on to, mm. what I need to celebrate, mm. um, where I need to do some honest repenting Um, to inform me in love for where you want to lead me. And what are the words? What is your counsel? Help me see clearly. I see things not as they truly are, but as I am. And so I confess I need your help in shaping my seeing. And so, yeah, it's absolutely essential. And I think with compassion and kindness, I want to say it's essential. And now, how does that apply to you? Right? You have to find a way. If you have little kids, you're not talking about a, a family retreat day where you sit around in a circle necessarily, <laughs> right? Some years right. it's pretty bumpy. Yeah. But whatever is in your power, it is absolutely essential.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Consecrate your year. We consecrate 2020 in our family, we consecrate 2020 at work, we consecrate 2020 in joy, we consecrate it in mission. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus, come and be Lord. Because in the act of consecration, you're moving something under the rule of Jesus and into his kingdom. Right? Things don't necessarily operate there. Mm-hmm. Things quite often operate way outside of his loving, intimate, invited rule. And in his kingdom, right? So when Jesus tells us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it's because his kingdom is not come and his yeah. will is not done often in on earth as it is in heaven. He invites us to pray that it would be. So we bring our year under your rule and into your kingdom, Jesus. And then surrendering agendas right? Like, this is the year we're getting to Paris. This is the year we're going to paint the house. You know, this is the year where we're going to buy our first condo, this, whatever. Surrendering that and asking Jesus, come and be the operating Lord of our year.
1: Yeah, it's really good, John. And one of the questions that comes up um, for me and for our listeners is, and then how would you stay in it? What is it that you do to let it continue to be this fuel, this guiding, this this lens. And just by way of confession, so one year, rather recently, we sat down as a lovely little family of four and heard a word and wrote it on these little ornaments that we hung on the tree, and it was beautiful. And then the next year, when we unpacked our ornaments, I found the four ornaments, and I went, what the heck are these? And I start reading them, and it took a while, and I went, oh, these were those words from God. Like, I didn't even remember them. And we committed to praying for each other about them. And it just never happened. And so for us, what we had to do, and we do now regularly, is in the mudroom, which is the path that everyone walks through the garage into the kitchen multiple times a day, we took our words, all four of us, and put them on a sticky note. And so we see them every day. So last year, I saw words from God for 365 days. And what's so beautiful is it's just a kind remembering. It's not buried in a journal, and then the shame of three months go by, but it's actually hmm. ordering our days.
0: Now, what do you mean by words? Because I don't think we've explained that yet. What, what are these words?
1: Yeah, so an example, like some years God might give like a scripture where it's just a guiding, kind of an orientation. Okay. That whatever else he's doing— this is a lens by which he wants me to be thinking about yes. things. So, you know, one year he gave me the parable of, of the 10 women and the, the um, lamps and the lamp oil, right? So,
0: give me oil in my lamp.
1: Yeah, the, he didn't sing that song, nope. but it was related give to that parable. Give burnin', me burning, burning, <laughs> burning. But so it was just lamp oil, right? And so that was the word for me that mm. kind of um, embodied the message of there's something in this parable. That's important to God in my growing this year. I have mm. no idea what it is, but the story intrigues me. There's all kinds of mystery. Everyone interprets it with different pieces. And so I just wrote lamp oil, mm. right? One year, my son, it was courage. It was, you're going to need courage for what's ahead. And mm. so it's to pray for courage. And so Sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's a story. Sometimes it's something that represents what's on the frontier Mm -hmm. of our growth. And it takes all different forms, but it's something that's very tangible as an access point. And so it's something we could write on a sticky note and put it right in front of us. And and, and that way, it's something we can return to easily.
0: Mm. So as you're consecrating your year— as an individual or as a group. What we recommend is that you ask Jesus for a word or a scripture or some words Mm -hmm. over the entire year. Like, Do you have a theme for this year, Lord? Do you have a word of promise? Do you have a word of counsel? Some friends had been living in a really tough place financially, and the word that they heard over their year was abundance, Mm -hmm. and it was really hard to believe it. It was really hard to trust it, but they wrote it down on a sticky and put it on the bathroom mirror and prayed into it and asked for it and built towards it, and like, okay, this is a year of abundance. We're going to pray for it. We're going to believe it. We're going to receive it. So it might be a word. It might be a theme. I had a really unusual experience in 2019. First, I didn't hear from God through most of January. Kind of got through most of January before I got some clarity. So there's mercy in that. Um, but when I finally did get clarity, I think part of the reason that I couldn't get clarity is I was looking for one word over the year, and Jesus said, "Actually, your year has three sections to it, three parts." I'm like really? Okay. What's the first part? He said. First part of the year, the word is very carefully. And I'll get back to what that ended up meaning, but I'm like, okay, I wrote it down very carefully. Second, third of the year, Lord, you know, kind of the summer months, what, what's May, June, July, August, what's that? And he said, deep Shabbat. And I love it that he spoke to me in Hebrew. Deep Shabbat, Sabbath. Uh, you're going to need some deep Sabbath somewhere in those months. I'm like, okay, I can plan for that. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's my instruction, that's the word, I can I can arrange for it, mm-hmm. you know. And then the third, and he said, you know, he was just kind of quiet on the third, and I just had the sense of that's not for now. I'll know it when I get there. But that was new. I'd never had a year broken into parts before, but each part had a word. And the, mm-hmm. very carefully, there were some things that happened in the first four months of the year that required us living very carefully and not sloppily. Particularly don't react to things. Don't react to that family news. Don't react to that family request. Don't, you know, and so it was very orienting. Mm-hmm. It was like John, you want to shoot from the hip right now, don't shoot from the hip. You want to fly by the seat of your pants, don't fly by the seat of your pants. Very carefully. And it actually ended up being a rescue. It really did. It was good counsel. And then getting into the second part, holy moly, did I need deep Shabbat. They needed some episodes of genuine rest in, in that second part of the second third of the mm-hmm. year. And it was really good because I don't think I'd have planned for it mm-hmm. if he hadn't said so. So over the years, consecrating the year and asking Jesus for guidance over it. And you understand that the spirit of this, folks, is... Making Christ Lord of Mm -hmm. your calendar, letting him orchestrate your days by invitation, not by interruption, Mm. right? You don't want to force God to intervene in your madness. You you want to pray over the madness before it becomes madness Mm. and ask his daily active shepherding of, you can tell us anything, mm. Jesus. If you want us to move, we'll move. If you don't want us to move, we won't move. We'll surrender those plans. You know, we, we really want to get to, you know, see Alaska this year or something. And, but Jesus, you can say no, and you can guide us, and you can also guide us on the timing of that. Mm. And that happened last year as well. Stacy and I did take some vacation, and we thought it would be in August— and he said, no, take it in June. I'm like, June? No. The weather's better in August. He's like, June. And June ended up being perfect for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so letting him be the operating lord
1: uh, of your calendar, mm-hmm. right? Gentlemen, I appreciate as I'm listening to you is what I observe is the progression of how you've walked in this over the years. Mm-hmm. Because what you just described was um, – A pretty deep consent, in other words, a deep belief that God will speak, that His words will inform me. They very likely will not be what I expect to hear, Mm -hmm. but whatever they are, they're life, and so I will I will allow them to have say. Yes, and and it's interesting because I think of like in the earliest years of this, so much of the conversation was about um, how much it was like disruptive. Right where it's like there was a year where you were talking about my love, yes. right? One year was yes. my love, yes. and that was a word that yes. you had that you had shared. Like, yes, it it was almost like this stark contrast to what you thought you should do, or mm-hmm. what you thought you should pray, or mm-hmm. how you thought you should operate. Yes. But it was like, okay, God, I know you spoke. Yes, but there was like almost even a little contention. And what I so appreciate mm. seeing in your life is that we grow to become the kind of person that really believes He wills what is. good good for us and so it's actually like a it's life-saving yeah because you know that there's goodness and so it's often counterintuitive Mm. but it's life and so Mm -hmm. you you kind of put down the gloves Mm -hmm. a little bit and Mm -hmm. go god i i know that i'm a son Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm a student you have my best intentions at the Mm. center of your heart and so like this is really good news yeah but i love seeing how it's progressed over the years yeah
0: was was there something in 2019 that was helpful for you? I mean, you guys... Well, what I
1: noticed was... You, you do this. Yeah, I do it. And what I what I noticed was those years where, like, you know, I'd stumble and bumble six months through. I'm like, what was that word again? Okay, I need to go back to my journal. I need to get back to that. It was like, um, it was a bit disjointed to me, where it was almost like kind of total um, pie in the sky, like, Jesus, what's the theme now? And I would just kind of listen to a word almost like banking on... rep fully on Revelation. But what I've come to see is that it's all an ongoing process of maturity, of ongoing process of initiation, of of maturation and wholeheartedness. And so I've noticed over the last several years, they build on each other. Like the themes are are not disjointed, but there is a a narrative that looking back, I see God working. Mm-hmm. And so that's really fun. It's almost like now I look towards December and January as almost this promotion where at some level, I, I sense God saying, well done, son. Mm. And now that we've gone through that, let's go to the next thing. Mm. And so there was a lot of deep work for me. This was a particular year. Of facing some really deep work in crucifying the false self and putting to death a lot of just the the deep self-saving, self-sufficiency, the things that have worked for me for so many years but are no longer serving me. Mm. So I did some deep trauma work. I took some big risks and it was really fruitful. And and actually, um, December 1st was a, a huge kind of—it marked a bottom for me in 2018. Yes, so, I remember that. Yep, so that really began mm-hmm. a year. So for me, the spiritual calendar is a little bit off of the actual physical calendar. The so new year began December 2nd. It, it really did. Yeah. It was really fun because my year is now ordered much more around what God is doing in my life and the seasons of— my spiritual life mm, than mm. the calendar. And so it was a celebration this year at December 1st, 2019. And I, I felt like the father really wanted to celebrate a promotion mm. and just bask in it and again enjoy mm. this the transition. And and then it was almost like he said, Now in light of that, here's some things we're going to work on. And it was it was some deep stuff because I knew it was my it was just frontier. It mm. was this idea, and, and fundamentally, it's the idea of that which exists between our load and our limit, the true sense of margin, of mm. I live at capacity. Yes, most the, people do. Right? I live at capacity. I used to live or far well beyond, beyond capacity, yeah, right? well beyond it. Yeah. Now I live closer to capacity. The problem is God has many things, in store that I'm not aware of. Yes. And those all bump me over capacity because I want to say yes to God. Yes. But the challenge is I've said yes to all these other things mm. that I thought were from God mm. but simply were good things that weren't intended mm. by God. And so he's now inviting me out of the work that he did in 2019 to take some big risks, to say, now you're ready to revisit mm. you know, this ancient category but a way of living in the kingdom where we're really honest about load and limit and a way so that I'm actually readied for the unexpected, um, to expect the unexpected, mm. because God has things in store that he's promised me I'm not aware of. Yeah. And so it's just a shift, but the idea is they, the words for each year are becoming less and less disjointed, and I'm seeing them as a narrative for For my initiation,
0: yes, right, there is a tapestry that's being woven over time, yeah,
1: so John, before we close, back to words you had put to words that you had the word for the first part of your year and the word for the second part of the year, but that third part you sensed that God was saying, "Just wait, yes, just wait yes was was there more that unfolded Well for you?
0: I saw his kindness in waiting, so the third. Once I got to deep Shabbat, my soul was in a place to be able to hear because he what he wanted to say to me about the third part of the year was, he said, my kingdom. And and the fall was incredible. You know, we had a ton of kingdom and a ton of mission and advancing the kingdom in the world and the launch of some really huge stuff. But I I couldn't have heard that. If he'd have told me that Before deep Shabbat, I, I would have just been crushed by it. It's like, what? More? More? Mm. <laughs> more vision? Uncle! So that was really kind. And I didn't know it until I got there. And, and then I almost even forgot to ask. But when I, you know, kind of entered into the fall season here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, so what orient me for this last piece? Mm. And he said, oh, it's my kingdom. I'm like, yeah, far out. Let's advance the kingdom. It was in a place that I wanted to. Yes. Right. John, and that's
1: so good because it reminds us that there's nothing magic per se about the year, right? We are on time with God. And yes. there's something that's portioned out. Yes. He parcels out yes. heaven, yes. Ephesians yes. says. So there's a parceling out, there's a portion that's good and true for our soul at this time. Mm. And so I think that's good to be reminded of God, what do you want to say now? Mm. Right? What do you want to speak to and what portion? And mm. to just even be curious about that. Yeah,
0: exactly. So don't force it, friends. No pressure. But as as you allow for transition between Christmas and New Year's, between 2019 and 2020, reflect, rest, sing a few carols, <laughs> read the Christmas story again. And then as you look at 2020, hang a new calendar, consecrate it. Yeah. Consecrate your year by Jesus to be the intimate Lord of it. Ask for words, and then give it time. They may come in that moment. They may not come for weeks. Uh, That's okay. Take the pressure off and just say, Jesus, come and guide us in this new year. And that feels like more than enough for this week's Transition Podcast. You've been listening to John Eldridge Morgan Snyder here on the Ransom
1: Tar podcast.